0: welcome back to Dollar Dollar Bills, a way of life to build personal wealth and financial freedom. I'm here to talk to you guys today about something not so happy of a subject, and and really what I want you guys to be thinking of to prepare for this proactively. And it just so happens that it's it just ha- you know happens to be a recent situation in my own life, my personal life, where I I have two individuals. I know them for different reasons. They're of varying ages, but the ages range from 40 to 60. And they both recently passed from cancer. And, you know, not to make this really a morbid podcast or a morbid episode, but it really, you know, it's, it's often too late when you start thinking about the things that you need in place, the estate planning documents that you need in place for situations that come up where, you know, you don't live to be 90, 95 years old, or, you know, maybe you do and and you still don't have these things in place. So I don't want you guys to be using these situations or, or, have a situation like this come up in your personal life where, you know, you're also grieving, maybe you're grieving a loved one, you're grieving a close friend, you're grieving, you know, somebody that you know, that's, that's passing or has passed unexpectedly. But it's really, and I've mentioned this on previous podcasts, it's the worst time, the absolute worst time to be thinking about some of these things, to be, Wondering where all of your loved one's assets are, you know, who's the beneficiary? Have they they considered beneficiaries for their assets? Do they have the proper documentation in place? So again, not to be too morbid, but I really wanted to use an opportunity that's happened to me personally very, very recently and use that circumstance to just kind of reiterate and share both the the preparation you should be doing in your own life and the conversations you should be having with, you know, your close family and friends to make sure that they are also protected, that they also are prepared and have the information and the documentation readily at hand so that when situations come up and and you know, where you lose somebody and you're so full of grief that you're not having to navigate some of these logistics during that time, because it's absolutely the worst time to have to be making decisions, have to be figuring out where things are, how you transfer ownership of certain assets, why it's it's a lengthy process, how to get through probate. The court system, it, it can be lengthy and it can be expensive, where to, to go to understand all the resources that you need and knowing where your money is at, knowing where your assets are at, it's literally the worst time to have to do that. I actually have a client I'm working with now, still trying to figure out where where all the assets are and make sure all the assets are accounted for now in her name with her husband, her late husband passing. Again, this was more of an expected, I, th- I, I think relatively speaking an expected death whereas the two that I've experienced in my life recently were you know maybe not unexpected due to the the cancer diagnosis but at the age that both of these people were at was definitely an age where you don't expect to have to be having these conversations and have to be living through you know these types of scenarios and this type of grief. So before I get into the documents that I want you guys to be aware of And I want you guys to have in place for yourselves now. I don't care if you're 30. 30 is actually the perfect time to start drafting up some of these documents, especially if you guys have kids, you guys have dependents, people that are going to financially rely on you. Talk to your spouse about it. Make sure you guys know where all the money is and that you have it set up in a way where... You guys not only can find the paperwork very quickly and easily, you can find all the legal documents very quickly and easily, but if anything were to happen, it's the last thing you want to have to think about and you want to have to plan for. You want to already have that planned out now while you guys are healthy, happy, and and you want to have all of those documents in place immediately so that you don't have to worry about it. If and when, God forbid, something comes up or something happens, especially if it is something that is completely unexpected. So jumping into those documents, the first one, and I think it's the one that most people think about when they, when they think of estate planning and they think of, you know, how do I prepare for death or how do I prepare for aging, is, is a will. And a will is basically the document that's, that's used to describe all of your assets, all of your assets and property, basically everything you have that's of value. And you essentially are able to assign that to, you know, your various beneficiaries. And essentially what it is, is just a, a directive document that allows, you know, whoever is left with this information to kind of easily assign assign various assets to the beneficiaries of your choice. The thing to note about a will is that it is effective upon your death, and that's why a will only is not is not where it stops with estate planning, and it's not where you should stop planning and having. Uh, you need to have other documents in place, basically, besides just a will. But a will is kind of a good starting point. Again, it's what people think of when they think of estate planning in terms of, you know, choosing a guardian for any minor children you have. It's where you would you would do that. It's where you would name an executor, also known as a personal representative, essentially to guide your estate through the probate process after you die. So again, it's a place to kind of direct your assets, direct your valuables, to who you want them to go to upon your death. The second one that I want you guys to be aware of is a trust document. A trust is essentially a separate entity that holds your property and values, which can then be distributed according to the terms of the actual trust agreement. Again, it's another very important document because you can have a living revocable trust you can also have a living irrevocable trust but a revocable trust is typically the one that you want to go with because revocable essentially means you guys can change it at any time and you can change what goes in that trust, you can change, you know, who who receives certain things within that trust, the beneficiaries within that trust. But essentially it's one of the couple of additional documents that are very very critical to Start and to create when you're alive, and also it it helps to protect yourself, your loved ones, those who are having to make decisions for you. If you are not deceased, if you do not die, but maybe something happens to you and you become incapacitated, you're unable to make decisions on your own. You're unable to speak. There's various you know, health and, and kind of trauma-related situations where that can happen where either you're not in your right mind, you're unconscious, say you're in a coma, or something happens to you where you can't be trusted in a sense to make decisions on your behalf. So that's where a living revocable trust is really important. It really plays a huge role in keeping your assets safe while you're alive and also keeping those assets and the directives safe and established if and when, hopefully not when, but maybe just the if, you do become incapacitated, or something happens towards the end of death where you're unable to make decisions on your own. So that's key on the living revocable trust and the, and the need for that document in addition to a will. The two additional documents I wanted to talk to you guys about, the first one is a durable power of attorney. And this one basically grants someone you trust, so obviously you want to be careful with who you pick there, control of your affairs, again, if you become incapacitated. You can also separate this out. So you can establish separate powers of attorney for medical and for financial affairs. So they don't have to be one in the same person and essentially you can give that person financial power of attorney and they can do things like buy and sell real estate, make mortgage payments on your behalf, again, if you do become incapacitated, close a bank account on your behalf, so on and so forth. So they can they can be actively making decisions for you that maybe you need to make while you're incapacitated and so that's key to the durable power of attorney on the financial side. On the medical side, basically, it's someone who's making healthcare related decisions on your behalf. Again, if you can't speak, if you're not in your right mind, but you're still alive. And it just gives that person ultimate authority to, you know, maybe you have certain things written down that you want to be directed to a doctor. If something were to happen to you from a medical standpoint, if some emergency were to happen. And so that gives that person, it transfers that power, that medical power to them, which allows which allows things to continue to happen while you may not be in the right state of mind or the right state period to make any decisions for yourself anymore. So the last one I wanted to touch on is the Advanced Medical Directive. And, you know, it's slightly different, slightly more specific to what happens to to you and, and, and instructions that you're giving, you know, usually proactively for kind of end of life care. So, again, depending on your situation. And again, this can happen at 45. This can happen at 95. This can happen at 105. In any situation you don't really know what the future is going to hold so you don't you can't really say oh well this won't impact me this won't affect me this won't be me so it's always good to be very proactive and have these things in place to protect yourself especially if you are very specific and have things in mind that you want to happen if again worst case scenario you need to, you know, you're in these medical situations and you need to have someone make decisions on your behalf. So the Advanced Medical Directive does provide instructions regarding end-of-life care for yourself, and it can detail the types of medical treatments maybe you yourself approve of or whether or not you want to be taken off of life support if you're terminally ill. So, you know, that's those are really important things that it would be, It's always beneficial to have in place, again, not only for you, but for your family, for your close, you know, members and friends that may have to go through this with you and have to make these decisions for you with a doctor at the, you know, end of life for whatever reason and and honestly, whatever stage of life you're in. In some cases, the advanced directive may also allow you to name a healthcare proxy to make medical decisions on your behalf. If not, you'll have to establish a proxy separately with healthcare power of attorney form as well. So there's some various caveats there, but really having the, you know, the, the power of attorney directive on your financial and medical needs is extremely key in addition to having that living revocable trust and having that will in place. So it's not just a will, it's all of these other things that that are lined up that are in line with your will that again will allow the seamless the seamless transfer of of power of authority on your behalf the way you would want it. And so it's extremely important to take the time to plan for this, to prepare for this. And you know, it's just something that I wanted to reiterate with again the loss of what I consider young life, you know, due to really tragic illness that I've experienced recently, and it's so sad. And you want to be able to grieve if it's not happening to you, and to be able to do that really in in a good space. You need to have these documents in order. Again, I, I really, really stress if you guys have dependents. I don't care if you're thirty. I don't care if you're twenty five. It's extremely important to have these documents in order now. And to make sure if you are married if you're not married but you have identified beneficiaries to make sure they're aware that they're beneficiaries to also make sure that they're aware of how to get this documentation maybe they don't know where everything is at in detail but at least that they have access to these important documents it's actually it's critical that they know how to get these resources on your behalf from you and and speaking on beneficiaries, I just want you guys to know and 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 to be aware that all of your assets right now. I don't care if we're talking bank accounts, you know, retirement plans, IRAs, four hundred one ks, etc., etc. Anything that you guys have that is considered an asset should have a beneficiary assigned to that asset. If it doesn't, that could be very problematic. So make sure you go through all of your assets. Make sure you go through everything you have and and ensure you have an assigned beneficiary associated with with those assets. And then lastly, and again, I, I, I plug her all the time, but Susie Orman does have a nice package. You can probably just Google it if you want to find it, where it's all four of these documents. And she runs deals on these all the time, but they have been worked up by her lawyer. So they are official legal documents. You can fill them out electronically. There's instructions included. And I think they're running right now at like, like $199 where just you're aware, if you go to a lawyer and have them draft these up, it could be $2,500 or more, depending on who you go to, the scope and the need of your, of your documentation Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. So it's a really really nice deal. You can also share if you if you purchase the you know what she considers or what she calls the the four must have documents. You get all documents, and again, you can share that code with who, as many people as you want. So maybe you split the costs. You split the one hundred ninety nine dollars with your family and friends, and share that code amongst each other. All you have to do is fill it out, and again, there's instructions on how to fill it out that are provided kind of as you go step-by-step through the process. You have to print them and get them notarized, but you can go in and change those electronic versions anytime you want, and you just have to get them re-notarized and make sure once you get them notarized, you have the physical copies somewhere where it's very safe, very accessible. People know about where they're at so that they know how to get to them. They know, know what to look for, where to look for them. But I think that's a nice resource. It's a nice option for maybe those of you who don't know how to even how to get started. You've never talked to a lawyer in your life, myself included. I I don't really have a lot of experience with lawyers. And I think, you know, uh, up until this point, I think that's a good thing, I think. But, you know, it's a nice option. It's a nice resource for those who maybe don't know where to start or don't want to, you know, put a lot of financial burden on, setting up estate planning, especially if you're, you're young and you don't think you need it right now, which I will say you need it. So it's, it's available online. Again, Google it. You should be able to find it fairly easily. It's Susie's must have documents. Um, and it's all about estate planning. It's those four documents I mentioned previously. And I think it's just, it's a great resource for, for me to be able to share with, with my, with my audience as well. So not to be too morbid, but I am going to close the the episode at at that. So, you know, again, as always, guys, respect yourself by respecting your money and we'll talk soon.